This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by SeedsHereNow.com. With Crypto Wednesdays, James Bean's Vault, and Easy Peasy Credit Card Checkout, you cannot go wrong with SeedsHereNow.com. Here we go. Welcome to the show, Podcast World. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff. This is episode 756 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I'm coming to you on a super hot Colorado day. I've got a great episode lined up for you. Before we get to the main topic of today's show, I should do an update from a previous episode. In the last episode, I talked a lot about pests and pest management. Today, I was actually at the grow store grabbing some supplies, and I thought that I should warn you that one of the most common places for you to get bugs is that grow store. Anything that comes from that grow store may possibly be carrying spider mites. It could have thrips, it could have aphids, it could have bad shit on it. Also, anytime you go to the dispensary, keep in mind a lot of growers and smokers and consumers are there, you're risking spider mites. Also, anytime you go to your friend's place that does grow, you are risking spider mites. If you're in a friend's car that grows, if your friend that grows comes to your place, you are also risking a spider mite infestation. As I was at the grow store today, I realized I failed to mention those things, thought that I would throw that in there, remind you there are a lot of other options for getting bugs, not just the only places, not only the places I mentioned, but also the grow store, the dispensary. If you take your date to the botanical garden, if you go out to the park, if you go on a hike, those are all potential places for spider mites. All right, I feel like I left that out, wanted to catch up, get that in here at the start of the show. Before we get much further, let's do a few shout outs to a few of those great folks who do support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you, shout out to my friend Blackhawks fan. Let's send a big thank you, shout out to Danny Potts. Let's send a thank you, shout out to Girls Grow Too. Let's send a big thank you to Green Country Grower. I want to send a fist bump and a thank you, shout out to Cano Organic Illinois. Let's send a big thank you, shout out to my buddy Lefty's Farm. I want to send a thank you, shout out to Gramps Memo. Let's send a big thank you to Pack Northwest Dan. Let's send a thank you, shout out to Single T. I want to send a big fist bump to Rut Row. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you, shout out to Northeast 420. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. And you know I do include a link in the show notes and in the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends to support the podcast. This episode will come out on July 3rd, 2022. That means that we are in the middle of a 4th of July sale on the iRedirect Direct website. That's right. If you go to iRegenetics.com, iRegenetics.com, there is a tab that says iRedirect. Click on the iRedirect tab. There is a sale going on where you can get some great beans at some great prices. Go now, check the live inventory, see what is there. Get what you can because things will sell out. That sale did start on Friday at midnight. That will go until the end of the 4th of July. So basically the 4th of July at 11.59 p.m. That's when it ends on the 5th. It is all over. Things go back to regular price. Most of the good shit will be sold out by then. That's enough advertising. Let's get into this podcast here. I do have a great question that came from the YouTube channel. I usually don't answer questions from YouTube, but somebody sent me this and they said this would be great for the show. I agree. It says, can you touch on stabilizing feminized reversals on a future episode? 
So I think what you're asking is if I can basically talk about making and stabilizing feminized seeds. So let's talk about making fem seeds, then we'll kind of jump into the stabilization part of the question. What does he mean by feminized reversals? Feminized reversals is making fem seeds, making using a reversed plant to make feminized seeds. Really briefly, I'll tell you how I do that. I very carefully, and we'll touch more on this in the part of the episode here, I very carefully select a female plant that I will choose to make a pollen donor. That's right, I said that. A female plant will be treated with a solution. I make my own silver thiosulfate solution. Then I treat that female plant at a certain dilution, at certain intervals, on a very tight schedule, it will get sprayed with that silver thiosulfate. That female plant will then create pollen sacs. That pollen will only contain female chromosomes because the plant that I have selected is purely female. So it will pass female chromosomes. I then take that female pollen and put that on another female plant. Now, all of the seeds that come from that female plant that receive the pollen will be female seeds because I have not introduced any male chromosomes into the equation. So that is making feminized seeds. They said feminized reversals. It comes from a reversal to make the feminized seeds. So now they want to talk about uh, the word they chose here is stabilizing feminized seeds. That's where this gets fun because the word stabilization gets kind of tossed around in the cannabis uh, community in a lot of weird ways. Stabilization doesn't only necessarily refer to sexual stability. That is a thing. But stabilization more refers to, in the agricultural world, stabilization more refers to uniformity amongst phenotypes. So if we threw out 100 seeds, we shouldn't see 100 different phenotypes. We should hopefully, uh, if we've done the stabilization the way that agriculture, big ag likes it, you're going to see one, maybe two phenotypes. If you go look in a cornfield, if you look in a soy field, a big field that's run by commercial farmers, all of those phenotypes, all that corn looks the same. They didn't grow clones of the corn. They've got it narrowed down. That's GMO corn, so it's kind of their cheating, but they've got that corn figured out to where every seed looks the same. That is stabilization. Those seeds are stable. Every time I grow this corn in this part of the country, in this location, uh, it will get three feet tall. Then it will begin to flower. It will take this many weeks to flower. It will take this much nitrogen. They've got that fucking seed dialed in. That is stabilization amongst the agricultural environment. That's what stabilization refers to. A lot of times when people say stable in cannabis, they say that's not stable. They're only referring to sexual stability, meaning that some of the feminized seeds will show intersex traits or also the regular seeds will show intersex traits. That is oftentimes what people mean by stability. So um, I'm going to talk more about stabilizing them for uh, the phenotype because in my opinion, if the proper plants were selected to make feminized seeds, that is where the stabilization happens for making the sexual stability. If both of the plants that you have chosen to work with to make female seeds are true females and do not contain intersex traits, then you can definitely make stable female plants from there. But it's all about the selection. If you don't do rigorous testing and careful selection, then it is going to be really hard to stabilize your feminized crosses sexually if you've done the proper work. So let's talk about doing the proper work. What do I mean? Uh, to find out if a female is a true female, you've got to give it some tests. Now, let's almost every cannabis plant eventually, uh, some there's some way to make that plant uh, show you intersex traits. There's some way to make that plant produce a seed. But under most conditions, under a lot of stress, most of the plants I'm working with will not show us intersex traits. 
So I will do things like put a female plant into flower for 12 or 14 days. As soon as she shows me I'm a female, I'm in flower, guess what I do? Put it back to another time. Just change it to 18.6, 19.5, 24 and zero. Just change that timer, see what it does. Then in like 10 days, we'll put it back on 12.12 and see what that plant does. Does it freak out? Does it do weird shit? Does it crinkle up? Does it die? Do the leaves start curling? Does it get the claw? Does it get the sunshine finger? What does it do? Does it show me intersex traits? I pay attention to that. I do that to every plant that I breed with. I love to stress the shit out of them. I also give those plants to friends of mine who I know are going to abuse these plants. They're not as good of a grower as a lot of people. They make a lot of mistakes. Those are the people that will find out if that plant's going to give me problems. So before I choose to breed with anything, if I'm making regular seeds or feminized seeds, I will stress test my plants rigorously, very, very vigorous and rigorously. I will overfeed them. I will underfeed them. I'll mess with the light cycle. I'll give them too much heat. I'll give them too much cold. If those plants show me any sign of intersex traits, guess what? No breeding. You don't get to go in the breeding room. I may grow it. I may keep it. Uh, I may breed it for myself to other plants to keep it for myself, but it will not make it to the production line for you guys to ever purchase, ever grow. Those are for me. So I will do a test on every plant, the pollen donor and the pollen receiver before I ever think about doing a feminized reversal. Now the people say that fem seeds are made from an intersex plant, that it's a, you're making the plant hermaphrodite. No, that is very wrong. That is not accurate. Stop saying that. Um, the word hermaphrodite and feminized seeds should not be in the same mix at all. If you breed with intersex plants, you create more intersex plants. So to get stabilized feminized crosses, I'm going backwards here, the way to do it is to start with stable female genetics. And yes, you can use a feminized female plant and a feminized female plant, and you can reverse one and pollinate the other and make more female plants. That way, yes, you can. Don't worry that one's female. Don't worry that one's not female or feminized, I mean. You can breed with the fems just like the regs. The only difference is there was no male chromosome involved in that breeding project. Now that we've kind of touched base on the differences between sexual stability and actual phenotypical stability, let's talk a little bit about making feminized seeds and some of the uh, the traits I see in these plants. Let's talk a little bit about the, the stability, if you will, of these plants. There are two different options when we're making feminized seeds. We've got what are known as an S1, or I guess there are more options, but what we're going to start with are the S1 and the R1. The other options are basically going to be filial generations with different higher numbers at the ends. But for now, we're going to focus on the two. We're going to focus on S and R. S stands for self. Let's just say we took a golden goat female and another golden goat female, and I reversed one golden goat and put the pollen onto the other golden goat. I have just made S1. Those are selfed seeds. It's a golden goat that fucked itself. You'll never forget that. That golden goat fucked itself. Those are selfed seeds. The seeds that come out of that are going to be pure golden goat feminized seeds. That is an S1. It's selfed itself. Now, the other option is an R, an R1, a reversal of the first generation. So an R would be if I took that golden goat plant and reversed it. But if I put that pollen on any other female plant, the seeds that come from that are an R1. That's a reversal one, a first generation reversal. It is also an F1. That does qualify as an F1. But in the cannabis space, 
in the marketing, the labeling realm on the websites of buying and selling seeds. People like to know if they're getting FEMS or REGS. One way to clearly indicate that is to put that that is an R1. That's a reversal, a first generation reversal, the first filial generation of a reversal. So if you put that, that pollen on anything but itself, you have now done an R. That's a reversal. You've used reversed pollen to put on any other plant. So if I put uh, this has been done. If we put reversed golden goat on a lemon skunk female, that does make lemon Jeffrey R1 seeds. Lemon Jeffrey reversal filial generation number one. So let's talk about those two different things now. We've got the selfing and the reversal, uh, the R and the S. Let's talk about what I see in those and talk about stability amongst those plants. When I do the S1s, I see a lot of stability um, being a breeder that works with F1s of regular seeds and works with F2s and F3s, I understand the variations that I'm seeing. In my experience, in my opinion, when I make the S1, I'm going to say about 70 to 75% of those phenotypes look just like the mommy. Some of them look a little bit different, but sometimes also those are my favorites. Those weirdos that don't look like the mom that brought out some great grandparent that I don't even know what it is. Sometimes those are amazing. So most of the time when I'm working with the S1s, I want to say 75-ish percent of those are going to look just like the mommy, which because you've got, that's all that you put in the mix. You took golden goat, you took golden goat, you poured golden goat in a pan. It's going to come out looking like golden goat. The options are that you're going to see parents of the golden goat and great grandparents and grandparents of the golden goat in that mix. You may see old stuff pop up. Most of the time, you're going to see the golden goat in that mix. Now, let's talk about the R's, the reversals. Let's say we took a golden goat female and we put that pollen on a, um, when we put it on the lemon skunk, it makes lemon Jeffrey. That lemon skunk really dominates that mix. Most of those phenotypes look a lot like the lemon Jeffrey. I'd probably say, or the lemon skunk, I would say 50% of them come out more lemon skunk than golden goat. Okay, now let's talk about putting that same reversed golden goat pollen on a female lemon skunk plant, and that makes Lemon Jeffrey R1. We've talked about that a moment ago, the first filial generation of a reversal, and I've called it Lemon Jeffrey. It's the lemon skunk female pollinated by the reversed golden goat. That's the R1. Most of those phenotypes come out looking very much like the lemon skunk plant. That's just something that comes from that plant, from that cross. So I know that the common phenotype there is going to look a lot like the lemon skunk, but then it's got the golden goat potency and the speed and the vigor of the golden goat when it grows. The lemon skunk has a very unique uh, leaf shape, a very unique uh, growth pattern and structure. It's got a very great aroma. You can see that when you breed to it, I definitely see it come through. Most of the phenotypes look a lot like that lemon skunk, but there are a lot of phenotypes that look a little bit more golden goat. And there are things that kind of lean toward really lemon skunk and a little bit more and a little bit less golden goat, but a lot of it gets that lemon skunk. I can identify those phenotypes. I want to say that amongst that cross, probably 60 to 70% of those look a lot like the lemon skunk. Now let's talk more about the golden goat. What if I put that pollen on the platinum tangy, which has been done, that makes the orange gasm. When I do that one, I see basically 50-50 amongst most of the phenotypes. I'm gonna say 70% of those phenotypes are 50-50. It's got the, uh, the uh, platinum tangy orange flavor and the golden goat growth shape and structure and that buzz, and it smells like the oranges. It's basically 50-50. That's 70% of them. There are 30%, however, that will get really tall and really crazy. The platinum tangy doesn't do that. Golden goat doesn't do that. 
But the Island Sweet Skunk and the Hawaiian Sativa in there, they definitely do that. That is a parent of the Golden Goat. So we're seeing grandparents come through in some phenotypes. Now, I said that 70% of them are 50% and 30% are gonna be the outliers. You're gonna see that really tall one. You're gonna find one that's a little bit shorter. That one's really platinum tangy. Then you're gonna find one that gets a real tall spear that's really golden goaty. But the stability that I see in there is that most of those look like the 50-50 mix. It's gonna be very uh, cross-dependent. Which plant dominated the mix? Did the male win? Did the female win? Did they mix 50-50? As a breeder, my hopes and goals most of the time are to get that perfect 50-50 mix. I can't guarantee that because that's just how genetics work. Uh, the lemon skunk, when I cross to that, it wins. It wins most crosses. It kind of dominates the mix, but whatever I put it to really complements that mix. So to wrap it around and talk about stability, what I'm seeing is when I breed with the S1s is that I'm getting 70% common phenotypes. When I breed with the R1s, I'm probably getting 70% 50 to 75% common phenotypes. It just depends on the plants that I'm breeding with. It depends on the mixture there. Like I said before, some plants are gonna be more dominant in a mix and some are gonna be uh, less dominant and their traits are gonna carry through. You may get a couple of traits that you really liked. You might not get what you wanted. It may be scattered amongst phenotypes, but I do see the stability. I don't feel the need most of the time to take a feminized cross past the S1 or R1 uh, generation. I've done it and it locks things in, but then I can't breed to that because it makes things go weird. So I've made S2s of the Grateful Dog. I've done a back cross project of the Grateful Dog. I've made a Grateful Dog that will not reverse. I've feminized it so much that when I do treat it with a strong silver thiosulfate solution, it will not reverse. I can't get that one to flip. So if you play with them too much, you do start creating weird things but it all depends on the plants. You can create wonky shit by using too many feminized crosses. You can create great shit by using too much feminized work in there. Sometimes you can create great things by going further generations with feminized seeds, but also sometimes some really weird shit does come out. It's all strain specific, plant specific. Uh, how common are the plants you were breeding together? How uncommon are those plants that you were breeding together? It's just all about the magic code. Sometimes it will work, sometimes it will not. I wanna regroup and check my notes, see where else I need to go with this. All right, that was my quick talk on stabilizing feminized reversals. I hope I answered your question. This may be a quick podcast episode, but it is the 4th of July. You guys get away from the computer, get away from the YouTube, go spend some time with your family, go spend some time with your friends, go do that outdoor summer stuff that we like to do. Go smoke with a family member. If you're having a barbecue, go get one of your cousins way too high. Or, or if grandma's there, go get grandma high. See what that's like. That's always fun. I love it when old people fucking smoke. While you're out there celebrating, make sure you remember what you're celebrating celebrating that rich white men didn't want to pay their taxes. All right, everybody, that's all I've got for this episode. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, you know that I would love to hear from you. The email address is hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Send me all your feedback. You know I love hearing from you. Also, make sure you check out the website, iregenetics.com. Don't forget about that 4th of July sale at iredirect. Click the iregenetics. Go to iregenetics.com. Click the iredirect tab. That will get you right to the sale. You don't need a coupon code. You don't need anything. The sale price will just pop up for you. You're welcome. Thank you for the support. Also, be patient with me. It's just me packing those orders and getting them out. And I'm enjoying a little bit of 4th of July fun myself. So as soon as I get back, your order will be in the mail. You guys, that is all I've got for you. I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. I want to give a big shout out to my buddy C-Po. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. Mm -hmm.